Blog Talk Radio. This is Saida Garrett, and I'm tuned in to Intro to Info with my girl, Makisha. You are listening to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha from D.C. That's me, open-minded, business-minded, spiritual, a little hood, and very nerdy and down-to-earth. And Queen of Hearts from Florida. She's so ladylike, family-oriented, quick-witted, and a real pillar in her community. On our platform, we discuss anything imaginable, but we talk a lot of pop culture, current events, and speak on our personal life experiences. We interview fantastic guests with unique stories, and Lord knows we just have organic fun. And check this out. If you want to join in on the fun, call in at 515-605-9376. We are live on Saturdays from 9 to 10 p.m. EST on the J. King Network. If you are an info for info, tune in to Intro to Info. Y'all, this is Makisha broadcasting live from the Washington, D.C. area, and you're now tuned in to Intro to Info. Yes, Lord. We are here every Saturday, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but I don't do this by myself. I want to thank the Lord for giving me the opportunity to host this show for the past 10 or so years. I want to thank the J. King Network for allowing me a a space, and I want to also say thank you to my co-hosts or the people who host the show with me, because co-host kind of implies we ain't on the same level. And that's not true, Tamika. It's not true. So I just want to bring you on in. Come in, come in, come in. Put the cabossier down, and let's do this interview, okay? How you doing, love? I don't do brown, but good day, good evening. <laughs> and I know I'm not on your level. I'm not as experienced as you. But, uh, you I love you. You're my closest friend. Thank you for you. But our uh, yeah, so we are we're live today, Saturday, July twenty twenty three, and we're about to get this interview underway. We're talking to Trapanese today. So Trapanese, I'm going to hit the ground running. I'm going to take you off of mute. As you guys can see, I have a bit of a, of, a, of adrenaline, so I got to calm down a little bit. Trapanese, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Hey, how y'all doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, thank you for accepting the invitation to be our guest. I want to tell the listeners, if you're listening uh, on the telephone, if you have a question or a comment, press the number one. And if you're listening via the link and you want to call in, dial us at 515-605-9376. And that there is that. Those are the administrative things that we got out the way. So now... Just the fun stuff. Trapanese, look, I was studying your story, and the first thing that popped out in me is, first of all, I love the brand. So your your actual Thank website, you so I always – Right, so you've got the, all your social medias at the top. You have a, a, a bio. You have pictures. You have a cohesiveness about, the like, the color scheme. All of that is branding, guys, and I had to learn that from being a radio host. So you have a great one. And um, just I, 
and also your social media as well. You can tell that it's a brand. Now, Trapanese, you have a large following. How did you get, like, over 200,000 followers? It was a, ooh, a lot of work. Like, I would have to say over the past, like, 10, I've been working on, I've been working for the past 10 years, I would say, on my um, modeling and music and my acting and getting my name out there. So that had a lot to do with it. The first thing I ever did was a music video for the rapper Father. He was hot at the time. This was like around 2018, I would say. So it aired on MTV. He was from Atlanta at the time. Like he was buzzing. That's when Instagram, Instagram was popping, but it's not like how it was now. So that whole like Insta model, Insta famous thing wasn't like how it was back in like 2015. So that was the first gig I ever did, did was like a music video. So I was like started off like a video vixen. And so my name started circulating amongst like the rappers around that era. And pretty much that's how I built my name. And so like people I went to school with would talk about, write me on Twitter, Instagram, about all my, because I, I promoted the video. It's called Everybody in the Club Get Shot. That was the first gig in Hollywood I like ever did. And so after that, I was, like, in Young Dolph's video. I met Young Dolph. I was in this Beat Hustles video, YG Twist My Fingers video, Two Short Artists video, um, Soldier Boy's Artist, King Reefa's video, um, G Perico video. I was in called, um, I think it's called Number One, but it's out. You can watch it. So I was just doing all these music videos, and so my name would, like, circulate to the point where I would deny music videos because I was just over it. I was like, I want to do something where people, you know, know me as, like, not just a pretty to use for their videos. I wanted more respect when I went on these video sets and met a lot of these other artists. And so I started recording my own music and putting it out there and music videos, and so, yeah, so I already knew people in the industry from being, working on music video sets, and plus who, like, my family was, because my last name's Tresvant, and so, um, yeah, that's how my name started circulating, so when I did music, people already had, like, certain people in the industry already in tune with uh, what I did, and so people just, like, started following me and stuff. And that's in your bio, that's on your website, and that piqued my interest, the fact that that when you got your first music video, somebody actually approached you, right? Do I have that correct? Yes. They emailed me on Instagram, and they emailed me, and I had thought it was a joke, the director, Pretty Puke. Pretty Puke did a lot of people's music video at the time. And um, he emailed me on my Yahoo email because I was an inspiring model wanting to be in the street, but, you know, you don't know the right route sometimes to take, especially when you're fresh out of high school. I was fresh out of high school, and um, when I made an Instagram, no one taught me, like, I didn't have no manager or nothing. No one really taught me what to do to get myself out there, so I just made up, like, oh, management, which was my email. But it was really me running my email at the time. Not no more, but at the time. And I seen a message about, hey, there's a music video I want you to be in, and bring pink. They sent the address, time, and everything. So I told my mom, and I wasn't going to go, and she thought, I'll go with you. 
she drove me down. It was like downtown LA, which is not like a neighborhood a girl should be going to by herself, especially like me being from the valley. And she drove me down there, and it was real. And I met like father's manager, and me and him became very cool. And so when when I when you post that you already had experience with music videos, other people come at you on the internet, especially at that time. They was looking for that. And other people started to come at me about, can you be in my music video? Can you be in my music video? So, and the second video I did after that was um, YG's video. And so I was just like, um, yeah, sure, up until I just started getting paid for it. The last music video I did was actually this guy from New York named Ty Robinson. And I was, like, the only girl in the video. I was, like, him fantasizing, about him fantasizing about wanting, like, meeting a girl at the strip club and taking her home. That was the last video, music video I did. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you get your name out there, like, those little ways at the time, people found me interesting. And then I also was waitressing at this club in Hollywood, um, a year, like a few months after I did the father video, I ended up working at this club on Sunset, waitressing, and I met this girl that was like, she walked up to me, I didn't even know her like that, she was like, hey, um, my good friend is Soulja Boy, I'm like, Soulja Boy, she's like, you want to come with me to his party, mansion party, I'm like, sure, you know, went, brought my sister, because I didn't know her like that either, she sent me the address, (laughs) we went, Rich the Kid was there, Famous Dex. You guys know who those are? Who they are? So yeah. pretty much they uh-huh. were there. Yeah, they were there. And so, um, yeah, my name just started circling on the scene. You have to, like, go places and put yourself out there. So, like, my and if I'm, like, I'm meeting all these people, let me get – I ended up getting photo shoots, meeting photographers, looking to build their portfolio. And, yeah, it was, like, really out the mud from the ground up, just, like, walking places and bringing my family along with me pretty much meeting directors that needed actresses and in high school though my uh, mother was good friends with Betty Bridges Todd Bridges mother and she would teach me acting every Saturday so yeah it was just like from word of mouth I'm enjoying hearing your story so much just about what you just said because I'm going to tell you what is resounding off in my mind as you speak. It's a whole bunch of pretty privilege. Do I have that correct, Trapper? <laughs> Somebody um, approached you. Uh, when you think about it, when you think about it, because I never thought about it that way at all. I just thought about like it, it, it was God just putting me in the right rooms and the right places to where He was like. But yeah, now I think it was really yeah, it was really kind of easy. And I'm like, dang, because I'm going to tell you something. When I was in high school, I was an introvert. When I say I was an introvert, I didn't. Like, I had one friend, but, like, she was more outgoing to me. People want to be friends with me, but I wouldn't care to be friends with them because I, I overthink so much about serious seriousness. And so um pretty much I didn't go out in high school I wasn't one of those girls in high school that drunk had boyfriends went to prom drove a car no I wasn't all that happened when I graduated 
when it's like, okay, let me get me a job. I got to get me something quick. I didn't go straight into college. I went straight into waitressing at a strip club. Those girls was wild in there. So even the bartenders and waitresses, and a lot of those girls in the strip clubs, like rappers and entertainers go in the strip clubs, especially in Hollywood, where I'm from, in California. They would just walk in. So I was like, this is really easy to meet celebrities this way, working at this place, like this strip club, being a bartender. This is really easy. And girls, like, wanting to be friends with me. Hey, um, you know, when girls know other rappers, they rappers and entertainers ask that girl to bring other girls around. So she brought me around. And so I'm like, I brought my older sister. I'm like, come on. I don't know this girl, but she's saying this is a big party up in Hollywood Hills. It was like in the afternoon. We went. It was like a pool party. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Like, it was the best time in my life. It was, like, one of the funnest. It was lit. Like, Rich the Kid was there. This rapper was there. This basketball player was there. This ball player was there in this private party up in the hills. And so, yeah, everybody asking me for my Instagram. And so, yeah, I ended up building relationships. But it took a lot of footwork. Like, it was really mm-hmm. footwork. It wasn't like I wasn't like, yeah, my dad, when I was younger, he produced the song. He, didn't produce, he promoted the song My Neck, My Back by Kaya. He was the mm-hmm. one that brought it to radio. His name's on the back of the album. But he didn't really, like, that was when I was, like, six years old. You get it? So it was, like, when I got older, he worked with Joe Bunn, but when I got older, he kind of, like, he wasn't in that. That He had connections, but it's, like, it's not like he helped me like that in that, that area. Mm-mm. He didn't really, like, do anything. So I had to kind of find my way. Like, he would help me out financially, but as far as the music, no. He didn't really, like, have anything to do with it at all. Like, my mom was 100% supportive, but he knew I wanted to do music, but it's not like he brought me to a studio or, like, helped promote the records, no. And, like, my cousin, people knowing my cousin being Ralph, they'd be thinking he had a hand in it, too, and it's like, no. Everybody, when you're in a family, everybody goes on to live their lives. And it's like, no, <laughs> he got kids that want to do music. This person got kids in the family that want to do music. He, everybody had to find their own route. And I definitely would have to say I didn't let, I didn't, I, I was really a person that didn't expect a handout. I went, opportunities approached me, I just went for them. That's pretty much how my story went up until now. And I definitely wanted somewhere. Okay. Hello. I definitely respond to that, Trapanese. First of all, thank you to the people that's in the call queue. I see you guys. I'm going to bring my other um, host in in a second. But I really want to respond to what you just said. So, Ralph Trasvant is her cousin. That's what she just said. But here's the – because there's always a a good side to stuff and a not-so-good side. Even if he never helped you hypothetically, the fact that that's your last name, too, I'm sure somebody has asked you, are you his cousin? That probably presented its own opportunity. The second thing is I want to say to – so hypothetically, people who are in the industry, they don't have to help you actually, like, walk you through everything. But I'm kind of – I'm really against somebody if they know that you're interested in it and they're at the top of their game and they do nothing to help, nothing, not even no wisdom, no contacts, no referrals. I, I personally have, I, I have a problem with that. I mean, you I, – I know that everybody probably do want to get in the industry that's in your family because you guys are probably all musically inclined. 
but you. Never weapon. Yeah. Uh huh. The trust. No, go ahead. My family. This, uh, they, my mom and dad both sides of the family do music, but my my dad's side is the Tresman side. That's that's my dad's rock uncle. So basically, like that, is a lot of cousins I have that does music on that side. Like you don't hear about them, you don't, you can't. But they're very talented. Like like I know it's certain, it's certain people that believe Ralph had a hand in it, but he didn't. Like, I can't, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like just the la- but the last name makes the story more interesting. That's what it did for me. I, w- I want you to elaborate on that. I, I, I want to bring um, Queen of Hearts in, but I definitely want you to elaborate on that. Queen of Hearts, how you doing all the way in Florida? What's up, what's up, what's up? Blazing, hot, firing. But I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Trapanese. I know that you find this uh, conversation interesting because you do management for artists. And so definitely have undivided attention because she's breaking some stuff down. Now, back to you, Trapanese. Go ahead and uh, we'll be, we'll be uh, left off. Cause... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like, the last name being a Trezvant is, like, when they asked me to compose to another girl in California, okay, how, uh, what's your start in music? What's your family like history? I don't know. Like my family really got an interesting history to where from my father, my mother was even my mother Donna was even trying to do music. She was um, one of the first people with Death Row, Suge Knight, before he had Tupac. She was a rapper herself. Not like a hardcore rapper. She said she was like a sexy type rapper, but she was a rapper herself. Like, it was just naturally in my genes. And people, it's like, it helps, it helps because you get certain people really excited about it and be like, I'll do this a little bit for her because I know she, she comes. It's a little respect there. It's just a little more respect. Like, okay, I, I was a big fan of Ralph back in the day. Um, I know who her father is. He was a known um, radio promoter. So it has some legwork in it. Like, I ran into people that that knew my uh, family and was like, oh, I can help her put her on this radio station. And certain people that are fans of them, basically, like, I got radio, certain radio plays because of that. That's what I mean. I think it helps a little bit. Right. And I want to – you mentioned – how once I think you were intelligent with how you um, started to network. Even Charles mentioned this. So Charles Mitchell from WBOK Radio mentioned this that you were just able to once you got your first opportunity, you continue. You did like you said the footwork to make yourself continue to be known throughout the industry. And I'll say this, even from my own experience, if you take yourself seriously, people will start to look at you twice. Like if you keep telling people yeah. what you do all the time. They'll be like, okay, well, let me, damn it, let me see what you talk about. You, you, that's been your experience. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. That's exactly what I had to do because, to be honest with you, before I released music, a lot of people was not trying to um, help me record. A lot of people was not trying to help me record music. 
it was like and hard that, trying to get the first record and stuff out there. That's when I met as I'm saying that it, it wasn't no it, when people think route and this person the treasure had a hand on it, no, they didn't. No. I see somebody uh, a question, area code two oh five. I'll bring you in and then big brother Mike, I see you as well. Two oh five. Good evening. What's your question or comment? Hey, how you doing? Um I just started listening about maybe ten minutes ago, so I may not have the full context of of what's going on, but from what I did hear, um, I just wanted to encourage the young lady because one thing that I learned, I also do music, and at one point years ago, I was taking voice lessons, and my voice instructor told me, she said, if anybody tells you no, if anybody, you know, either tells you no or is not willing to help you um, in your endeavors, don't look at it as, a closed door or a missed opportunity. Look at it as that person is being moved out of the way because they're not meant to be a part of your journey or they're not meant to be a part of what you're trying to get off the ground. And so when she told me that, that kind of helped me view people who weren't willing to help or people who were telling me no family or not as, okay, you're just simply not the person that's intended to do that because they either could bring harm or they may have malicious intent or they may not get you to where you're trying to go in the way that you think that you're going to get there. And it only paves the way or creates the opportunity for the right people to get in that position. So I just wanted to encourage her. That's all. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You know, that was very encouraging what you said, and I had to learn that, you know, the hard way. But if you really want something, I'm a true example of I didn't care if I did not care for a handout. I wanted to do it. And I wanted to do it. And like I said, it's a lot of treasures that do music. It's a lot of them that do that sing, rap, talented. Like, it's a lot of us. Like, and I'm, like, I'm really a family member that be like, if I really feel like someone's good, like, even if you look on my Facebook, I shared, like, my cousin's single that just came out. I'll share it. Like, I'm not a hater. I'll share it. And like I said, both my parents, my mom and my dad, have something to do with the industry. My mom was 100%, though, on this journey with me, supportive. This is so interesting. she has four kids. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, so we it's, I have a twin sister, I have one older sister, and I have a younger brother, same mom and dad, all same last name, everything. And so, like, she, I guess, you know, she was too busy raising us to where her connections, you know, her connections, eventually people grow older and they go away, and she wasn't out there. But I didn't blame my parents for not give, not trying to manage me or anything because I feel like, you know, my load is to go and get something myself. I feel like if you really want something, just go and get it yourself. You're young, you're vibrant, you work, why not just go around and ask the new generation of producers and say, hey, how about you record me, you know? I don't blame them for anything. I don't think it's I, – I still don't think it was anybody in the family's responsibility to manage me. I do – but I do agree with you, Mykeisha, that feel like, someone could have helped in some area they should have. 
Yeah, I'm not saying make you a part of new additions, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if somebody tells me they're interested in radio, I'm not, you know, Tom Joyner, but I have been doing this 10 years, and by all means, I'm going to tell you something to help you along the way. You don't have to be the, the girl's member. But that's how I feel, too. Um, I get what um, you're like, saying, though. No, I think you're 100% right because I'm like that. If I feel like if somebody – Say I get older and one of my my one of my nieces and nephews trying to do music and I'm a no I know I'm a legend already in the industry and there's a in the, and I have a movie I could probably put them in you know I would do that that's just me though but it was a lot like my mom was around the family before you know she had kids it was a lot of dysfunction mm-hmm. growing up it was just a lot of dysfunction and separation people not being as close, the families not being as close, people not talking, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Miss um, Regal, I didn't. I thought that was you. Thank you so much for um, calling in. I told Michael that you were a fantastic guest on the show. I would like to bring you on. Thank you for chiming in. Uh, Miss Regal is out of Alabama. She sells tea. But you're going to be a guest on my show if it's God's will. So I just wanted to say that real quick. And and then, Captain, you're welcome. welcome. Yeah, no, for real. Um, I'm glad that you've been transparent about even the fact that you're related because I've had some guests that are cousin of a real famous person talking about, oh, don't mention them. I'm like, listen, it, you're doing yourself a disservice by not mentioning them. But I, I wasn't, I was hesitant to mention it, but I'm like, her last name is Trez, and somebody will figure it out. But thank you for your transparency around this. Okay? <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I I appreciate it. I mean, it's a part of my story. I felt like when right. you told me, like, I, it's a part of my story, and it's going to get mentioned regardless of, of, of it's, it's like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I had I one guy. He was. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go first. One guy, he was Robin Harris's cousin, and looked just like Robin. Talking about some, don't mention Robin. I'm like, you, you, Robin spit you out his mouth, and he had the same last. I'm like, but I won't. I'm gonna respect what you say. Don't know what I'm saying. They try to make really make it on their own. Um, Mike, Mike, he just texted me. Can he chime in? All right, Mike, I'm taking you off mute. Hi, big brother. How you doing? Come through. <laughs> I had to take myself off of mute, but good evening, ladies. How are you doing? And gentlemen. Hi. Um, interesting. Uh, your last name is Transman. That's great. My last name is Gay, and people say, are you related to Marvin? You know, I mean, come on. Marvin Gay. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's many people with the last name Transman and everything, but now listening to your story, let me ask you something, though, and I found it interesting, and I want to thank Joel for chiming in. Yeah, awesome guest. Thank you, Joel, for a great show. And hopefully you will be joining Makisha soon. But um, have you ever thought about the fact that you were a recording artist, right? You have some music, right? Yes. You, know, mm-hmm. you didn't get the assistance of folks. But have you ever thought about the fact that where there's a lot of people who want to be in the industry on the music side, but the ones who are most successful – are the ones who know the business side. Follow me? Michael Jackson knew the business side. Prince knew the business side. And there's a lot of of, um, uh, 
conspiracy theories that they were murdered, but these individuals were very smart about their music and about the business. And I've heard from many mm-hmm. artists that I know, and, and, I, and I've been blessed to know a lot of artists, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. that do know the business side. And they say the music industry, I think, and I might have my figures wrong, 60% is the business, or better yet, it's probably 70% is the business and 30% is the music. That's what oh, it's no. all about. I would say it's 90% business and 10% the music. And you'd be right. Mm-hmm. It's so many good right. artists out here. Why do you think you don't hear about them? I already it's know. So many good music. Yeah, it's so many talented singers. And you hear so many stories like, like I'm going to just say this. If you Google, if you YouTube a guy named Quentin Tarver, I'm going to use him to rest in peace. They say he passed away. If uh-huh. you hear the way he sings, he was a little boy that was signed at Chris Stokes. I remember. If you really YouTube his, you, you know who Quentin Tarver is? Yes. Yes. From Texas? I do. I remember when he came out. But go ahead. Keep, you you tell us some good stuff on Intro Go ahead. No, because you have to do your research on Quentin Tarver. I feel like it was nobody. He didn't. He was such a young boy that was taken mm-hmm. to live with this older man. I don't really want to get into depth because I don't want to talk bad about anybody on here. But if you yeah, really go look at his biography when he was living with Chris Stokes in California without his mother, mm-hmm. he was a young boy. He didn't get to know the business side on how things – he didn't really know how to maneuver, and that's why they took advantage of him. That's the story. Now, I'm going to just say his name. If you YouTube it and Google him, you're going to understand why I brought him up. He's a prime example of his mom. His mom was managing him, too, but they didn't really know the business side. And a lot of Correct. the business side is not really business. It's dirty business going on. It's Correct. a lot of foul plays going on. It's not real business going on. It's a lot of molestation. The older but, man but, but, taking I'm sorry, I, I have to say this. You know, there, there's been some allegations about uh, uh, with, uh, I'm sure you guys probably heard or seen this, and you can look at the videos of uh, where uh, they say that there was a, a, a thing of where, well, it's been, been a fact that Usher was sent over to P. Diddy's place. His mom allowed that, right? Mm-hmm. And then when, P. Mm-hmm. when Usher was questioned about it, he did avoid answering that. You know what I'm saying? To a certain extent, he did avoid it. He said, "Oh yeah, well there will be a lot of crazy stuff." But we know what they were asking him, and he did not want to go into the whole detail. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and it goes back to what I'm saying. The industry and, and, uh, is 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 one of those type of companies because, as I say again, I've been around a lot of people. I've heard a lot of horror stories, but you know, everybody's contract is different. There's no set thing in stone when you become an artist for a label. These contracts that that you sign, you better get a damn good lawyer to understand mm-hmm. where things get made. And unfortunately, over the years and decades, these are made up stuff. These are uh, uh, things that where they add stuff in here. And if you're not reading it right and you don't have proper representation. To understand, because, see, at one point you'd be reading it and it sounds good, but all of a sudden they say, however, and, and by the way, 
and this and the other, and you like in agreement with it, you might be selling off your life. And that happens mm-hmm. a lot. There is no record contract. There's no standard, no such thing as a standard contract in the music industry. Not at all. No, it's not. That's why when you said business, I'm like, uh, it's not no professional business going on. It's a lot of secrets going on. Like, you guys know the producer Molly Ma, right? You guys heard of him? Yep. From that show. Yeah. Love and Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. So that my single that's on my EP, Not Just a Pretty, I have an EP out on all platforms called Not Just a Pretty Face. My song Count to a Million and during the pandemic in 2020, he flew me out to his house in Vegas. I met him in um, L.A. in Encino. He flew me out to his house in Vegas, <laughs> and um, I, Molly Ma, the producer, he produced I know that you're song me Count to a Million. The one mm-hmm. with the tiger in, and the animals that, mm-hmm. huh? I used to live in. I used to live so, in Encino. I used to live on Balboa. I know where you're talking about. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So if you know the producer Molly Ma, I don't know if you guys heard anything about him, like what they have out about him. Mm mm. About him running a escorting service, something like that. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't hear about that. Well, it's on Google. It's out there. So, like, I wasn't going to talk about it, but since it's out, it's out. Like, you know, if you know, it's it's everybody knows that. So, basically, like, if you Google the producer Molly Ma and him going to jail for um, being a pimp and all that, it comes up on Google. That's why he has a place. That's what they're saying. He had a place in Vegas. But I didn't know that information. I just know my friend introduced me to him to produce a record, and he sent me some beats over. You know, everything was all good. So he flew me out to Vegas. He said, yeah, you know, I don't want to record you in the uh, studio in L.A. I want to record you in the one in Vegas. So I'm like, okay, you know, everything sounded smooth. He sent me the beats to my phone so I could write to them. And so when I went out there, I don't want to really go into depth this soon about what I saw, but I seen some stuff in there that I'm eventually later on talk about. That was very inappropriate, which he called his artist house in Vegas. And there was a bunch of artists in there, and um, basically, like, those allegations that was out on him, I was able to confirm if they were true or not when I went out there. But it was just a very dangerous experience for me, and I hurried uh-huh. up and flew back home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so what did you learn well? from that experience, though? I'm trying to understand is that, I mean, and, and, and with all due respect, and, and Makisha, you know how I am. Okay, no disrespect, but... I noticed uh, a few times you say, well, I don't want to say this, I don't want to say, say that. But what are you trying to say? Because the thing is that where I understand you don't want to, you know, put out any names per se, but what did you learn from that? And what are you trying to convey to us uh, uh, as far as the listeners with your experience and everything? Because we already know, yeah, and, and, and unfortunately you went through that whole thing. What is it that you say as far as what you need to be on the lookout for, especially for young folks who think that, you know, being a rapper? Sad thing, if you look at how many rappers die every freaking year, rappers. And I ain't talking about, you know, like the, the, the Tupacs and the Biggies and everything. These are just local rappers who get tied up in some kind of beef and get murdered. They're not dying from, from, from natural causes, you know, yeah, and uh, when you mm-hmm. say rap, 
you know, you got hip hop, you got rap, you got gangster rap, you got all kinds of different uh, of, uh, you know, uh, types of expressions. You, you, see, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that bothers me. Yeah. And the reason it bothers me, it bothers me because, see, and, and I'm going to shut up, but I'm just saying that. When you, were used to, when you used to go ahead and fill out the application for a job, they always had where you were either white, you were uh, Asian, you were Hispanic. But for black folks, it went from uh, Negro uh, to uh, uh, black to uh, – uh, I mean, we had all kinds of different – African-American. Ours always changed. But now, even with our music, the same thing. It changes. We keep changing what – our ethnicity, our ethnicity is in music, and all have all these different titles, R&B, soul. But then all of a sudden, you see all these artists who are white getting awards for R&B and soul. What the hell does right. that mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not understanding that. So the reason why I bring that up is because I think there's an identity issue here that we're not addressing. Uh, within our own music, our own creativity, you know. So what you're sharing, I appreciate. But can you share with me of, of how we can avoid these issues uh, that's happening of, among our own community? Because to me, I think we're just using ourselves for wealth and gain. I love to hear um, how do we work with each other. Well, me being uh, from a female standpoint, when I was discussing when uh, he flew me out to Vegas, Basically, basically, it's a lot of men taking advantage of young women wanting to be in the industry, but low-key, it's potential to rape them, drug them. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't be trusted in the studio alone. They want to steal records from them, they, stuff like that. I don't have, I'm not in the power to really say how things could be stopped. Because I'm not an A&R, mm-hmm. I'm not an owner of a record label yet. But I'm saying from my own experience, it's, or it's, it's a lot of men lying, calling. I've, I've been lied to a lot, like being called to the studio to produce a record, and they really wanted other intentions with me. That mm-hmm. wasn't really like about music or do really doing business. Um, and that's why, that's why it, it was a, it was a, I'm going to just say this. And I don't care who gets mad. It was a very long time black people had this thing to deal with white people because they were more business than the black man. Okay. Very, I think that narrative should stop. And I never understood that, but it's like I'm out here and I'm like, yeah. Because they had, they had it. You, know, you guys, have you guys heard about that? Like, it's little boys in the industry being raped. That was being raped, molested. Black men that was put in high powers, and they were being raped, molesting little black boys who wanted to do music and wanted mm-hmm. to be in Hollywood. So that's what our people was doing. And do I feel like I don't know how to stop that? Those are psychological issues and childhood issues they need to deal with. I think that one one, one 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 good thing would be if you were that type of individual where they say, "Hey, look," and you being a vulnerable woman, or they consider you vulnerable. I would sit that front man. See what I'm saying? 
uh, I mean, you have to be prepared for it. When I say up front, man, someone go to, to check it out first. You follow me? Be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to send one of my representatives to see what's going on. And you got to send somebody with a child. I don't, I don't give a damn what folks think. Oh, I trust them. No. You don't know them that well. But I would send a front yeah. man to go and, and lay out the land. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, 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 you know, like the, of course, they don't know all my business, but they know what I expect for them to do and go see the layout. Mm-hmm. And the person on the other <laughs> end, if they don't agree with that, then that should be a hit and a half for me that something's not right about this whole deal. Follow me? Right. Well, let me yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to, um, Queen of Hearts and um, Tam, if you guys have questions, I want you to jump in. But, Mike, what you just described, for as much as Robin and Whitney Houston, because um, Trevity, I know that was one of your inspirations, Whitney Houston, that's exactly what Robin was to Whitney. She would go and just check everything out and do like her. Like, that's why people would say if, if it wasn't, if she was still in her life at the end, she wouldn't be dead because mm-hmm. Robin did a lot of that protection stuff um, that you just described. <laughs> Correct. That's very and you have to do that. Yeah, you have to do that because I mean, I, I mean, I've been around like your guest. I've been around a lot of artists, and I see that the artist is there to do their job, but they have people mm-hmm. that are supposed to wash their freaking back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The artist mm-hmm. is not walking around just free, you know, and just go anywhere and this kind of other. There are folks who are who are keeping the artists in check. Saying no, hold on, no, wait a minute, we're not gonna go over there yet. You stay over here. Let's make sure this is clear. That only happens. Let me let me interrupt you real quick. That only happens when an artist builds a certain name for themselves. Then people start believing in them and want to step in and want to help. That don't happen at the very like at the very 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 beginning. That don't really happen like that. No. Well, yeah, Unless and you're right. But here's the, and that's where and that's where and that's where that individual, if they're at a certain point, I may be uh, speaking a, a lot of heads. But that's when you bring your own family in and everything who believe in you for those certain times because it's not going to be every day, right? But on those certain mm-hmm. events, you got to bring your family in, your kinfolk that believe in you and support you and say, so, Hey look, I'm 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 gonna be dealing with something really major here. I need you to be with me. That's when it should be very important for your family to back you. Not the label, not anybody else, your family to back you. It might sound crazy, but that's where you have to have that type of backup. You know, because if they believe in you, then they should be able to say, Yeah, I'm there. And so these incidents that happen, which you have shared, which I've heard a lot of horror stories, there's many of them that are still going on, you know, um, uh, of, of uh, young kids uh, that are that okay. are being uh, abused and uh, uh, sexually, uh, uh, you know, dealing with those type of things to get into this industry. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And the sad thing is that yeah. it's still going on, and no one's approaching it. Somebody else said, you know, to me about, you know, uh, human trafficking that's going on that you don't hear much about it, where there's kids being, babies being trafficked. Well, it's not just in the United States. It's all over the world, you know, but you don't mm-hmm. hear much of it on national news networks because they don't want to really talk about that. They, they say, 
they talk about stuff to, um, that are more, let's say, like shootings and stuff like that. You can digest that, mm-hmm. okay, that's a lot of things. But the media is not going to, I mean, they don't feel like you can digest the fact that babies are being murdered and trafficked, okay? It's true. So, wait, let's allow um, Trepanese to respond. Sure. I mean, I mean, I feel like it's, it's true, and I feel like that's where they need to start with correcting and bring it more of an awareness instead of sweeping these people up under the rug. Of them, exactly. the the producers and older men in the industry in general, sleeping with young girls and touching young boys. I think that's the issue on why it's not a lot of professionalism. It's a lot of sexual stuff going on that they're not trying to stop. It's a lot of like really? low key like. It's a lot of like I said when I went out to Vegas and seeing a prostitution ring. I'm gonna just say it being ran in a, in a producer's house. Mm-hmm. Instead of yeah. just saying, yeah, instead of, like, you low-key, that's what you wanted to get somebody for instead of really trying to record them. And that's and you're not right. being, it's being too swept up under the rug. And, you know, yeah, people are too afraid to say anything because they don't want to lose their jobs. Well, Stephanie, mm-hmm. here's the thing that's so crazy. You got, I mean, if we really think about it, I mean, you got a lot of individuals who are in, in politics and in high positions who should have been retired many freaking years ago. Did you see what Mitch McConnell did the other day? He stood there talking, all of a sudden he just froze, eyes wide open, right? Mm-hmm. Couldn't say a word. They had to escort him off the podium, and then he comes back, and they say, you okay? No, I'm fine. No, you ain't fine. You know, this, mm-hmm. to, to me, it could be limitations as far as individuals being in charge, Okay. But if we keep voting these folks in there, then nothing's going to change. And, like, you know, right. even like within this entertainment industry, you have individuals who have been in charge, not just uh, music, but television, television, movies, uh, who, who, who've been in charge. Now, that might be a different thing because, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, the individuals who have stock into it and everything. But there should be a change. A change of guard. It should. Mm-hmm. It should be a change. You know, the NFL, the the NBA. Those are privately owned companies. Those are privately owned individuals own that, but they have a, a whole thing of where, like, just like a, I think it was just recently, one owner, like another one, was forced to sell his team by the other owners. Mm-hmm. You follow me, Mike? Mike, yeah. hold on one second. I just want. I want to um, say this with regard to the people in charge. I, I saw from young how much power they had, and I knew. I was like, I want to be the one in mm-hmm. charge because I always operate in my ethics, and I'm called a goody two-shoes and everything else. Mickey, you still there? Am I a goody two-shoes? You're my personal friend. But the point is I will always carry my ethics with me. That I will never let myself get to that out-of-control point, and I always want to be that person in charge, and I encourage and Ms. Regal, I want you to jump in as a business owner. And I encourage my students um, to be in mm-hmm. charge so they don't have to deal with that shit. Because it burns me up mm-hmm. that you have to, like, sell your soul and just do so much horrible stuff yeah, yeah. to get the outcome you want. You don't have to do that if you're in charge. Correct. You have somebody exactly. with ethics that's in charge is my point. 
Anyway. And that's the thing. Unfortunately, yeah. some folks lose, lose lose the whole thing of ethics and having respect and, and just doing the right thing. Just do the right thing. That's all you got to do. You know, just do the right thing. You know, um, and unfortunately, we do have a lot of situations that are going on now where you have folks who are bending over backwards um, to protect somebody else or, or protect themselves. But, you know, all they're doing is making it worse. Just do the right thing. Just say, okay, I made a mistake. I would respect you mm-hmm. more so when you could be honest with me and yourself than continue to lie to me. Because, see, here's the thing. It's just like when, if you watch uh, a lot of these court shows or these uh, shows where they question a person in, in, in the interrogation room, the detectives already know. And they sit up there and they ask you, so did you drive the getaway car? No, I didn't drive it. Okay, let me show you this video. There's your ass behind the wheel. Now you made it worse. Now your ass a lie to the detective. And, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, you know you did it. They already got you. Just admit to it and get it over with. They might give you a better chance of not doing so much time. But the more you lie, the more you're making it worse. Because you didn't because get away. I but I appreciate Trapanese's candor. And I want you to speak to the young person who has the aspiration to be in the industry, whether that's a video vixen or a singer, whatever. Can you give two to three pieces of advice to a, a high schooler who is, she said, after, after high school, I'm going to the industry. What would you say to that young person? Um, never, for one, never go. You said me? No, um, yeah, never go nowhere for one. Never go nowhere by yourself. Don't go Correct. anywhere by yourself. Uh, second, keep God first. Actually, that goes first to keep God first. Second, never go nowhere by yourself. And third, um, yeah, uh, don't trust no one. Don't believe everything someone tells you. Okay, so can I re- uh, say this? Uh, good question. Um, out of high school, and all of a sudden you get an offer from the music industry. First of all, mm-hmm. you're only 18 years old. Um, learn the industry, first of all. Do your research. Do your research. Read the history of individuals. Learn about the individuals who actually became very prosperous knowing the business. Mm-hmm. Do the research first, you know, uh, because there's a lot of folks who became very famous just being songwriters never stepped on the stage, okay? They don't have to. They're getting paid in royalties and everything. Rod Templeton was one who used to meet the group Heatwave, and he wrote all those hits for Michael Jackson, Rock With You, and, and, and on and on and on. You know what I'm saying? There's so many hit songs. You probably wouldn't have even recognized them if he was standing right in front of you. But Understand um, learning the industry first. Uh, if you want to be a star, um, like I said, uh, and, and, well, I'm sorry, like you said, always have someone with you. Uh, have a good lawyer. Have a good accountant because when you start making the money, you got to know where the money goes. Many artists have gone out there and bought mansions and this and the other, and then don't pay their taxes, and then they wind up going uh-huh. to jail for tax evasion. 
So you have to understand the business of making money. It's not uh-huh. a vacation. It's free. Nothing is free in this world. Even when you're making great money, you got to pay the piper. No, no, it's true. Um, Queen Tam, you guys want to chime in with questions or comments? Um, I just just want to say I love your story and um, thank you. Um, your success that you've had and the experiences that you've had over the years, and that you're able to, you know, talk about. Um, the good things and the bad things and how they have, have shaped you to where you are today. Um, to yeah. ask quickly, um, what is your take since you were talking about, you know, people being taken advantage of? Have you, did you know anyone that ever worked with R. Kelly? Because he seems to have the biggest name out here when it comes to taking advantage of younger people. Like, what's my take on R. Kelly? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so, actually, it's it's crazy because a few, uh, I'll have to say before the pandemic, 2020, like, this was, like, in 2019. You, you guys heard of the guy Steve Edhart? He was, like, Michael Jackson's hairstylist and makeup artist. He was, like, he was, that, he was like, a white guy where he got all the plastic surgeries on his face. If you Google Steve Edhart, he had a barbershop in Hollywood. I was cool. I had a boxer friend, a black guy, boxer friend. I was cool with him. He wanted to introduce, Steve Edhart wanted, bottom line, Steve Edhart wanted to introduce me to R. Kelly before the scandal, before that, before that whole documentary came out with all those girls saying he was kidnapping them and raping them and all that stuff. He wanted to introduce me to see uh, R. Kelly, and uh, for some reason, every time it came up to meeting up, it just would never happen. I guess that's why God, where God covered me. Um, my take on it is that I think a lot of those parents was wrong, too. I think if they was to arrest R. Kelly, they should have arrested the parents, too. So there's actually a parent on um, I think it was the I Survived they did the R. Kelly documentary on. They were saying that they sent their daughter, 14-year-old daughter, off of R. Kelly because she wanted to do music. I think what type of father and mother sends their 14-year-old daughter with a grown man? You know, that don't. that's my take on it. I don't understand why they just arrested him. The parents was wrong, too. My take on that whole situation is I believe that R. Kelly – when he, he wasn't paying them off no more. So that's why they wanted to figure out how to come together and get more money off the R. Kelly story and situation. I believe that a lot of those parents didn't really care because they felt like their daughters was probably going to be like the next Aaliyah or like I believe they wanted their daughters to be the next superstar. That's why they sent their uh, daughters along with R. Kelly. But I believe they were 100% responsible. I watched you the documentary. I believe they mm-hmm. was a little, some of them was a little at fault. I, R. Kelly is, is wrong in general. It's wrong. I'm not saying R. Kelly, I'm not defending him. Don't get it twisted. I'm not defending her or nothing. I just feel like the parents should have been pointed at too. Why are you sending your 14, 15-year-old daughter on tour alone with a grown man 
by herself. And you're it right. Like that is a good question. Too. Yeah, you are definitely right. You're a group, much, and it sounds. That's my take on that situation. I think everybody's at fault. Everybody was weird in that situation. I believe mm-hmm. that the money probably mm-hmm. everyone. I believe the money was running out. I don't care who don't like. I believe the money was running out, and they were just like, "Oh well, let's all come together and figure out how to." You know, R. Kelly wasn't that hot. R. Kelly was hot in the early 2000s. So why do you think a lot of it, like the whole tape with him peeing on that girl, that came out, but then that's all you, like you heard it in the industry, but it's like it wasn't as, people still loved R. Kelly. They were still fans of him. Then all of a sudden you want to mute him? Why do you want to mute him? Because he's not hot, hot no more. Like he's not, he's, you, he don't have the money to pay you off no more to keep your mouth closed about what he did. One of the guys, one of his workers, one of the, I think it was R. Kelly's security guard was saying that he was with R. Kelly in the hotel and R. Kelly showed him a whole bunch of, R. Kelly had a bunch of sex tapes on a tape with younger girls. I believe it was a lot of selling souls going on. That's what I believe. That's what, That was my take on the situation. I'm like, mm, I, I don't know. I believe some of them was just groupies, some of them. I don't know where really the truth is. I, I didn't know really the full truth to really be like, mm, yeah, R. Kelly was wrong, but look how many men in the industry do do that. I believe he was paying those parents and people off to keep their mouth closed. That's a possibility, That's but Stephanie, you have to look, but you have to look at it. There are still some diehard R. Kelly fans, and y'all know how folks like to drive down the street blasting their music. I've heard a person blasting R. Kelly. So there's still a lot of diehard R. Kelly fans. Some His music networks, was some, good. Yeah, and, and wow. some stations still play it. They still play yeah. his music, regardless of I him mean, being convicted. There are some radio stations that still play his songs. So you can't get, and you cannot deny the fact the man made some good music. But, you know, when you, when you hear folks say, I'll never play an R. Kelly song again. You a damn lie, because you have his whole catalog. You listen to then it all the time. Then it's a lot. I'm gonna just say yeah. this. I think it's a lot of people that need a mute thing. That's all I'm gonna mm-hmm. say. It's a lot of people mm-hmm. in the industry they should mute thing. It wasn't just him. I don't believe mm-hmm. it's just our Kelly sleeping with. It's a lot of these producers and singers and rappers sleeping with young girls. They do not care. And executives and actors having young girls at their house and stuff. It's a lot of them. I believe, do I think believe R. Kelly should have been the only one I went down for it? No. No. Because it, it was a two-way. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I think both uh, parents, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a mother and father on the I Survive documentary. You can rewatch it. It's a mother and father both saying R. Kelly we both, he said he would record her, and we both was like, okay, you could go on tour with her. I'm like, what? A mother aunt? What type of father was you? Why are you acting concerned now? You sent her by herself. Like, that was just weird. Like, I didn't understand, you know? Hey, that's my take on it. Trepanese, listen to that's me. This interview, thank you, for, thank you for giving us the hour of your time. This was a really good interview. I learned a lot. I'm humbled. And you gave me homework because you kept name dropping the people I ain't never heard before, but I'm going to look them up because I know that it's, okay. it's going to teach me more. So I appreciate you. And if one mm-hmm. of the first things that you do, 
first got connected through Charles is you um, added me on social media. So I'm glad because I would like to continue to um, um, a friendship with you because y'all can tell that you're just a humble and dope chick. So, you guys, this is Thank the show to info. Definitely give your social medias before we go, though. Or how people can Wait, where's you. the young lady that was on the, where's the young lady that asked the question? I'm Damn. here. Yeah. Oh, hi. Yes. <laughs> oh, so she's so quiet. Where is she? No, it's cool. I, I, like I said, I agree with you 100%. You do? Yes, I do. Yeah, I want to hear your opinion on my take on it. That's why. Yeah. So my Instagram is Trapanese Chick. So, uh, well, actually, all my social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, uh, TikTok, is under two names. Chanda Tresvant, my real name. Chanda Tresvant and my other name. Yeah, my government name, Chanda Tresvant, and my other name, which is Trapanese. Trapanese, Trapanese are twins, too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, so mm-hmm. this has been an amazing interview, guys. You tuned into Intro to yes, Info with your host, Queen of Hearts, Tamika, Michael J., Trapanese, our special guest, and Miss Regal. Y'all have a great upcoming week. Continue to enjoy the summer because back to school is in effect, and your favorite advisor got to usher some more students through Howard University. All right, y'all. I'll talk to y'all later. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Thanks for having me.